you're listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast. We're the business development resource for group practice owners, where we talk candidly about business ownership and leadership. From practice building tips to live coaching to real talk episodes with other group practice owners, we're the resource you've been looking for to help you grow your group practice. I'm your host, group practice owner and entrepreneur, Maureen Werbach. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is an online EHR, practice management, and billing software designed for mental health professionals. Therapy Notes has everything you need to manage patient records, schedule appointments, create rich documentation, and bill insurance right at your fingertips. They offer free and unlimited live support seven days a week. Their streamlined software is accessible wherever and whenever you need it. To get two free months, go to www.therapynotes.com forward slash r forward slash the group practice exchange. Need a new accountant or bookkeeper? Meet Green Oak Accounting, an accounting firm that works specifically with private practices. They do all of your accounting needs from budgeting to accounting to bookkeeping and payroll to building your dashboard. On top of that, they can help you set up your profit first systems. Go to greenoakaccounting.com and mention the Group Practice Exchange for $100 off your first month. Ready to go from zero to launch? I'm so excited to share a new program called Launch. It's an eight-week interactive program for people looking to start their group practices. For eight weeks, we're going to dive deep into the core aspects of successfully starting a group practice. Seats are limited, so join the waitlist to be the first to know when the doors open. You can do that by visiting thegrouppracticeexchange.com. On the menu, click on the button that says Work with Maureen, and then in the drop-down, click the button Programs. You'll then be able to see the launch waitlist link there, so you don't want to miss a thing. Do that right now, and as soon as we open the doors, you'll be the first to know. See you there. Hey, everyone. I am going to do a sharing of a clip from our December training in the exchange. Um, And this is on specifically creating your legacy, six struggles when building your leadership team. Uh, This was a really fun training to do because it was less skills-based and steps-based, but more interactive and collaborative. So what I talk about are six different struggles that many group practice owners have when they're building a leadership team. Um, The six things that I talk about in depth are the struggle for leadership that shifts from being a peer to a leader and everything that is encompassed around that leadership person's struggle of moving from being the peer to their team to potentially leading a team. Trust between the business owner and between the leaders themselves, right? The trust that the business owner has to have in their leadership team, but also the trust that the leaders within the team have to have of themselves and within each other. I talk about the struggle of the fit for the role. So making sure that the role in leadership is actually the right fit with the person that you're putting into that position. Oftentimes we shift a great clinician into a role of a leader and not all great clinicians are great leaders. And I talk a little bit in depth about that. Um, And I feel like that's something that a lot of group practice owners struggles with is that they look at their, their team of clinicians and they find that one that is just a rock star or a superstar 
and is a great clinician and assumes that that means that they will be able to lead, and that is not always the case. Another struggle we talk about is the balancing of roles for your leadership team, the balance of them being a clinician and a leader, the balance of them um, looking at things from the lens of an employee because they're an employee as well, but also having to look at decisions being made through the lens of a business as well and balancing seeing things through the lens of an employee and as a business and the balancing of roles when it comes to time management. We also talk about the struggle of the accountability of results with the leadership team and ensuring that you aren't just being the decider, as Mike McCallett says in his book, Clockwork, but that you're actually holding them accountable to their role. And how are you, what objectives do you have that can show that they are accountable and doing the things that they need to do as leaders? We talk about the accountability or decision tree and how you can formulate what decisions can be made without you, what decisions can be made with you, as long as you're regularly notified of those decisions, what decisions that need, need to be collaboratively made between you and the leadership team, they can't make it without you, and what decisions can only be made by you. Having that decision tree for your own group practice mapped out is a really helpful tool, not only for you, but for your leadership team so they know where they stand. And then lastly, values alignment, talking about um, ensuring that you've made sure that your leadership team knows your values, mission, and vision, and that they're actually uh, understanding the why behind your business, its trajectory, the decisions that get made in your business, that they understand the why, because if they aren't in line with the why, they're not going to be able to hold their teams accountable to living out those uh, mission, vision, and values. And that is so important. So listen to that this clip. You're going to get a clip from one of those six struggles I'm going to talk a little bit in depth about. And if you're interested in watching the whole training, it's inside the Exchange membership. Um, that is a membership for group practice owners. Whether you're starting or you're a seven-figure group, we've got all over a 1,000 people in that whole range. I do trainings that are for both startups and I do trainings for established people. And this most recent one is for well-established group practices that are bringing on or have a whole team of leaders. Um, you can join by going to members.thegrouppracticeexchange.com and you can join and watch that full video and hundreds of others in there as well. All right, let's see. Fit for role. I think this is one of the things I've been seeing a lot from um, group practice owners in my Facebook group right now as they're bringing people into leadership. Me, myself, have also, I myself have also gone through this where it takes a while, right? If you have a larger group practice of clinicians, you probably really learned how to interview the right people with time for clinicians, right? It probably took your first couple of hires, either you might have luckily just hired the right person, or maybe you had a job in the past that was in hiring. And so this is a kind of a skill set for you that you already have. But most of us don't know how to interview until we practice it and do it a bunch. And same with leadership, bringing people into leadership, we often start by bringing on um, great clinicians and bringing them into leadership because we assume that if they're a great therapist and they do their job, that they're going to be a great leader. But those two things are very different roles. Um, and so if you haven't brought on leadership or you don't have a full team yet, that's something to think about um, is that you don't necessarily want to look at who are your best clinicians, who, who, have, who has the best retention, who is 
as the best, um, you know, lives out the culture of the practice that you that you have, lives out the, the values and um, mission of your business, who sees the amount of clients that they're supposed to see and does their notes on time. Those are all great. That actually is exactly the type of clinician you want to have, but not necessarily means that they're the best for leading. You want to look at things outside of their clinical experience. Now, obviously, in leadership, depending on the type of leadership role, they might need to actually be a great clinician too, right? But you want to make sure that you're looking at the qualities that leadership, like a person who leads needs to have. And that those are things like being able to be radically candid. It's things like being able to have difficult conversations, but from a place of care, right? Not someone who is, um, you know, has attitude when they're angry or not someone who's really passive and afraid to bring up their needs. Also someone who has a business sense in some way, right? You might obviously not have staff who've had their own business, but they have to have an understanding that the success um, of each clinician and the success of the business are two things that need to be happening simultaneously and that they can't be overly focused on their clinical team at the expense of the business. So they have to have to have some sense of understanding that um, pay and benefits and, and certain procedures and uh, clinical requirements are there because it allows the, the business to continue to be successful. Um, and that goes in, in line with leading with the business in mind, right? You, I think we just had an Instagram post today. I saw before I did this training um, that I put up or that my team put up and it kind of aligns perfectly with this in, in that if we focus too much in, and this happens often with leadership who were clinicians first and now are in leadership, they heavily focus on the needs of the clinicians almost at the expense of the needs of the business because they're, they're used to having been in the position of being a clinician and that's the lens through which they see, right? Um, but that can be detrimental for the business if only the needs of the individual clinicians are being um, accounted for or cared for without kind of looking at the overarching umbrella of the business and the success of the business. Because at the end of the day, if we focus on the clinicians and the needs of each individual clinician and not at the business, you run the risk or your team runs the risk of potentially um, creating a non-profitable business that can't withstand, right? And then all this work that your team does to make sure that the clinicians are happy is, is a moot point because the business can no longer survive. And so there has to be this like delicate balance between both of those things. Harnessing the leader's strengths when creating a leadership role. This one is something that took me a while. Uh, and I don't know why, actually, I feel like you guys probably won't have this problem as much because it's talked about so much more than when I created my leadership team, you know, eight or so years ago. But looking at their strengths, it kind of goes along the lines of a great clinician does not always equal a great leader. You want to look at their strengths when um, creating not the role for them and the job duties, right? If you put together a list of um, a, a job offer with a list of the requirements for the role, you want to make sure that the person that you're wanting to put into that role that it aligns with their actual strengths. Otherwise, what they're going to do is to continuously fall short. Um, Kim Scott's book, Radical Candor, talks about this, where she, for a long time, really kept the wrong people in the right roles, right? You might have certain roles that you know you need, 
But if you have the wrong person in that role, you're never going to get the type of support you need as a business owner. So there's the issue of having the wrong person in the wrong role, right? Maybe you have a role set up that you actually aren't fine-tuned the way you need to, and the role isn't actually a great role for your business, but you might also have the wrong kind of person in that role. You could have the right person in the wrong role, right? You could have someone who is like a great leader, you know it, but the, the leadership role that they're in isn't, uh, isn't the role that's for them, right? It's maybe not using their area of strength. And so there might be a potential to need to shift that leader into a different role that is right role for the right leader. And then you can have the right role and the wrong person in that role. And that's what most often happens, right? Is that you have a leadership role that needs to be fulfilled. You have someone in it and they are just not the right fit. And no amount of coaching, no amount of support gets that person to be able to do that role well, right? And I apologize. The sun is literally like shifting every few minutes into this, into my face. Um, and then lastly, co-creating positions. So after you build the frame, this is a, something that I didn't do initially. And now I do this every time is I build the framework of a position that I know I need in leadership, something that I want to let go of, or as a business gets really large, you know, even existing leadership roles might need to be even parsed out even more so that, because um, often what happens is a smaller group practice, we'll have a clinical director who's providing supervision, who might be doing hiring, who might be doing onboarding, um, you know, a lot of roles. And you might realize that as your business gets larger, that one role needs to be fine-tuned even more where they're maybe only providing supervision and, um, and uh, being a part of the interviewing process. But you need to have someone else maybe who's leading in the hiring and the recruiting and the interviewing and the onboarding, right? Um, and so what's really a great tool is to come up and build the framework of a position that you need because you know what is missing, what's not being fully you know, cared for, or what you also want to let go of as a business owner. But then if there's a person that you find is a good person for that role, is to then give them that job description and start co-creating that position to mold it into something that is actually a good fit for them. I love this because it um, it aligns with my, my anti-racism framework and, and my own personal values, but it also, uh, encourages that person in leadership to step in and actually start leading, right? Making decisions around how that role can best fit with their own strengths. And you're then providing them with the best opportunity to actually be successful in their role. All right. I hope that clip was helpful to you. If you want to hear more, you can go to the Exchange website and join and become an Exchange member at members.thegrouppracticeexchange.com. I'll see you there. Ready to go from zero to launch? I'm so excited to share a new program called Launch. It's an eight-week interactive program for people looking to start their group practices. For eight weeks, we're going to dive deep into the core aspects of successfully starting a group practice. Seats are limited, so join the waitlist to be the first to know when the doors open. You can do that by visiting thegrouppracticeexchange.com. On the menu, click on the button that says Work with Maureen, and then in the drop-down, click the button Programs. You'll then be able to see the launch waitlist link there. So you don't want to miss a thing. Do that right now. And as soon as we open the doors, you'll be the first to know.
See you there. Thanks for listening to the Group Practice Exchange podcast. Like what you heard? Give us five stars on whatever platform you're listening from. Need extra support? Join The Exchange, a membership community just for group practice owners with monthly office hours, live webinars, and a library of trainings ready for you to dive into. Visit www.members.thegrouppracticeexchange.com forward slash exchange. See you next week.